So the greatest gift I've ever given myself is the bravery to press into pain and the freedom to really heal from it. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. Have you ever felt so broken you wonder if you can ever truly heal? Do you know someone who feels that way? Dr. Edith Egar survived the Auschwitz death camp in World War II and went on to become a psychologist, author and speaker whose whole life focus became the ability to heal and move beyond one's problems, no matter how seemingly insurmountable. She's also the author of The Choice, which I'm reading again for the third time, it's that good. Anyway, Dr. Egger has been through the most horrific suffering, and yet she is one of the most joyful, grateful people. She says this about suffering. Our painful experiences aren't a liability. They're a gift. They give us perspective and meaning, an opportunity to find our unique purpose and our strength. What a perspective. Our guest today comes with that same powerful message of hope and redemption, that no matter how broken you are, you aren't so broken that God can't heal you. And our guest is living proof of it. Author and speaker and coach Tony Collier shares vulnerably with us about what happened to her, about her journey that led to rock bottom. Through her childhood and young adulthood, she experienced emotional neglect, sexual trauma, an eating disorder, substance abuse, spiritual manipulation, until she found counseling, which gave her the tools God used to help her rediscover and reclaim the joy and the hope that she'd had as a little girl. Tony is passionate about helping women discover that you can be broken and beautiful as you heal. She shares the practical tools that have helped her heal, encourages us to own our own mental health and to heal from whatever has happened to us. I can't wait for you to hear from her. She also shares a beautiful truth that I haven't really quite been able to stop thinking about. The connection between holiness and wholeness. It sent me down a bit of a rabbit hole, I have to say. And when I was down that rabbit hole, I found this amazing etymology. Our word holy comes from the word kadosh, which is usually translated as sanctified or separated. But Rabbi Samson Raphael Hirsch explains that the root means to prepare or to be at the very height of being absolutely ready for all that is good. Wow. So when Jesus says in Matthew, be holy as your heavenly Father is holy, Jesus was saying, be whole as your Father in heaven is whole. Be at the very height of being absolutely ready for all that is good. How beautiful is that? Anyway, without further ado, please welcome my friend, and now yours, Tony Collier.
Well, hello, my name is Tony Collier. I'm originally from Houston, Texas, which kind of is the most important thing about me. I just want to put that out there right now. But as far as some of the things that I do, I get to be the founder of a women's organization called Broken Crayon Still Color. And simply put, we just help women heal. We help women heal by divorces, through their trauma, through their pain, abuse, all the things. And we have devotionals and courses and all those things, just community to support them. But I get to travel and speak and preach. I get to serve my local church, which is also the church that my husband founded called Story Church. And I get to be an author as well and a mom to two crazy littles, an eight-year-old, and then a cutie little newborn. So my brand new book, Brave Enough to be Broken, is that. (laughs) It's a really scary title for some people, and the subtitle's even scarier. It's Brave Enough to be Broken, How to Embrace Pain to Discover Hope and Healing. And it's all about that. It's about this idea that the truth is, in order for us to heal from it, we've got to be willing to be brave enough to name it, to name the thing that broke us, to name the trauma that almost took us out. So I've had some really traumatic experiences, if we're just going to be 100% real here. When I was a little girl, my mom, we almost lost her. She had a massive stroke right in front of me in my brother's arms. We rushed her to the hospital, did the best that we could, but she was paralyzed on her left side. And she had just a host of other just really hard medical issues from blood clots to not being able to walk, then gaining back her ability to walk and talk. And I mean, it was just a really hard childhood. And the truth is I became her caregiver at eight years old. I was driving my mom to doctor's appointments at 12 and 13. I was making sure she had her medicine. My dad was working full time full-time and overtime. I mean, he was present, but not present in the household. He really turned to anger. He was very verbally abusive. And then it was just hard. I watched my brothers go through drugs and gangs and alcohol and in and out of jail. And then I had some you know, sexual manipulation from family members. I lost my virginity at 13, started drinking and smoking weed to numb the pain at 14 and 15, left my parents' house at 16. I mean, sis lived a full life by the time she was 18. I put myself through college and partied so hard. Oh my gosh. There's some nights I don't remember. And when I thought that was over, I got out of college, decided to marry a guy that I'd only known for three months. He got really verbally abusive and that was just a whole nother thing. Then I went into a church, thought I was going to get saved and restart my life. And the pastor was really spiritually manipulative. So 24, I hit rock bottom. I'm carrying all this weight. I've got a little daughter from my first marriage. I'm now going through divorce in the moment in the years, really, honestly, and the healing journey, I pleaded with God to take the pain away. Like, you got to fix this, brother, okay? You got to come in and do something. The truth is, I really didn't want healing for myself. I, I honestly didn't have enough worth and security and confidence in myself to want it for me. But I had a daughter. And when I looked her in the eyes and I realized that I couldn't parent her effectively with all this trauma, without like real healing, I said, all right, sis, we about to put on our big girl pants and make it pop. And what that looked like for me was going into counseling and honestly, like with my arms crossed at first, because I was like, what counseling I'm about to do for me? Okay. People had thrown scripture at it. Like, and I had a faith that was unwavering, a solid foundation, but I needed something else. What I recognized was God was my source 
but I also needed resources to help me heal, to help me process why my brain was, you know, wired neurologically and bit towards trauma. Why was it that I got so frustrated and angry with my daughter who was two years old and couldn't help it? Well, it's because my dad was really frustrated and angry with me as a little girl and I couldn't help it. And so I had to rewire some of those things, sat in a counseling office every single week for two years, went through trauma treatment, EMDR, went through this, you know, crazy 16 week betrayal trauma group for sexual trauma. I mean, it was a run, but counseling was super huge for me, but also community. Like I had some pretty toxic people in my community. I had to transition them out. Even Jesus had circles and we can put people in different levels of our circles around us that can help protect us, that can help us put good boundaries in place, that can transition people out in love and kindness too, you know? And so those are just some of the things. Counseling was huge. Community was huge. Practicing gratitude was huge. Like when you go through trauma, you become grateful for a single day that's not filled with yelling and screaming, that's not filled with doors ripped off the hinges and holes punched in the walls. And so gratitude is huge when it comes to a healing process because sometimes you have to wake up and say, thank you, Lord, that I just had peace today. And that was enough. The truth is I am who I am today. I have the capacity and the resilience and the grit and also the authority to speak into these really hard places because of what I've been through. And I wouldn't wish it on anyone to be honest, but in this point of my life, I've got on the other side to hope about it. I'm not 100% healed. We've never arrived, you know, but I've gotten on the other side of this healing journey. And I just got to tell you, it is beautiful. Hope rises from the dirt. Man, counseling is such a stigma in so many different environments, in the African-American community, in the Christian community. But what I've been saying to people when it comes to facing those different stigmas is, number one, you have to own your mental health. Like, that's on you. I know that we can be influenced by our surroundings, by our parents, by our family members, by our friends, by Bay. However, you take you with you. And God wants really holy people, I believe, but he also wants whole people walking around this earth because you, we all know those people that walk around spitting off scripture, living their best life, knowing the Bible front and back, but they mean like, but they just rude. And maybe they're not rude and mean because they want to be, but possibly because they just have some trauma in their past. They have some pain in their past. They've been through something and they're harboring anger and resentment, you know? And so I'm encouraging people to, to do the hard thing and own your stuff, like, and do your own work and don't lean on these stigmas that hold you back and find friends that will support you in it, right? Like if you have friends and family members that don't support you in it, hello, maybe it's time for a boundary or two. And what I always teach about boundaries is that we got to create boundaries that are strong enough to keep the bad stuff out, but permeable enough to let the good stuff in. We don't have to have boundaries that exclude people like you're dead to me out here, but we can uphold some boundaries that says there are parts of our relationships. There are parts of you and how you act and how you treat me and how you talk to me that hurt me. And I'm on a healing journey and I'm trying to go forward, not backward. And so I'm going to put a boundary in place to maybe we don't talk so often, or maybe what that looks like is we only have specific conversations and I'm going to have a conversation with you like a mature adult and, and do what I need to do to make sure that I'm protecting my heart and my mind and my soul. The difference now between really who I am and who I was 
is a few things. So one of the things that got restored in my life is like true joy. When I was a little girl in middle school, people used to call me a Teletubby because I was so happy all the time, just like bopping around. Never got into like a real fight because people were like, who's going to fight Tony? She's like so sweet and boppy and all the things. Well, when I went through trauma, I changed. I remember when I stopped hugging people, It had come from a place of realizing that I had been through some sexual trauma and I had real safety issues when it came to my body. And I just didn't want anyone to touch me. I was like, stay away. I also remember a time when I just got really bitter when, you know, the saying like, she's a Teletubby kind of disappeared. Well, when I started to find healing and I healed from some of those childhood wounds, those teenage wounds, what had happened is the core of who I am, the core of goodness fun, joy, laughter, joking, started to manifest again. She had been suppressed by all the trauma and the pain. She was scared. She was in hiding. And so now one of the things that I can really tangibly see in my life that has like marked me is how fun like I am, how how much I love to joke and play and laugh and make other people laugh. And I'm just honestly really grateful that she's back. That was a huge thing for me. Suddenly, a strong wind filled the little room, whistling through the walls, rustling the straw on the floor. And there, on everyone's heads, shining in the gloom, were flickering flames, fire that didn't hurt or burn, and something more. Inside, in their hearts, they felt a strange heat, almost as if all the coldness and hardness were melting away, as if their broken hearts were mending and God was giving them brand new hearts, hearts that could work properly. How it happened, they didn't know, but they knew God's power had struck their hearts ablaze and Jesus himself was coming to live inside them. They had seen Jesus go away, but now he was closer than he had ever been inside their hearts. And this time, nothing could ever separate them. Jesus would always be there with them, loving them, whispering the promise that would get rid of the poison and the terrible lie and the sickness in their hearts. Wow, what an incredible passage. I kind of teared up a little bit reading it because it's true. Jesus comes in and he redeems and he restores and he makes us brand new over and over and over again. And that's the power of us leaning into him, of us really coming to him with our broken hearts, right? And like allowing him to do what he does best, redeem, mend, and tend. I just love it. I, it's like the Jesus in me. It's kind of like that saying, it's like, there's a Jesus. He's living on the inside of me. I have access to his power because he's with me. Jesus is really, really good at withness. And that's one of the things I learned on my journey of healing. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at Sally Lloyd Jones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Oh, hello. It's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. 
And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.